Someone offered you twelve hundred for this machine. I know, right? I'm thinking about taking it. MacBook Pro, two thousand what? Two thousand nine, mid two thousand nine. See, I just sold mine for seven hundred dollars. MacBook though, right? The, the old school. I call it the collector's edition. Yeah, it is because you know it doesn't have the Pro on it, so yeah. and it just looks like a MacBook Pro. It's missing the backlit keyboard though. Yeah, it's it's true. I, I kind of like my matte display. I think that it's a for some people it's a win. For others, they're like, yeah, I don't like it. Oh no, it definitely adds value to the device for sure. Yeah. So, I just got my MacBook Air. So it's here. You have it? Oh no, I don't have it. I oh. have to wait a week. I should have just Dang. gone to the store. I think I'm gonna drive up to Indianapolis tomorrow if someone actually gives me twelve hundred bucks. Man, and buy. if you had told me that, I would have asked you to get one. Ah, yeah, I would have, because I'm thinking about going before I got something going on at like 5 tomorrow, but it I might goes, there and come back. It goes one and a half times faster than my MacBook. It's crazy. One it's and so a half. small. Crazy. I know. This is Weekly Download, episode number five. Number five. We're number rolling five, right yeah. along. Two in the closet. Two in the closet, yeah. So a lot of people said that sounded like a gay joke. I, I got it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Someone thought that... Someone at work said, get we your definitely minds. thought you were going with that a different way, and we didn't. Get your minds out of the gutter, you listeners, you. But we are still in the closet, for anyone wondering. And we still need money. Definitely. So, if you're interested in sponsoring this show, it's a quality show. I hope you like it so far. We take sponsorship money. Visit www.weeklydownload.com and click on the sponsorships link for more information. We'd greatly appreciate it. As you know, we're on Twitter and Facebook. Twitter is Weekly D, and on Facebook, just search for us. And this podcast is syndicated on iTunes. Just search Weekly Download, and you can click on the big D and subscribe to our podcast. Remember to rate it. And remember to rate it. We don't have very many ratings, and we're looking for your ratings. This week's top download is the fact that the eBooks won. It's it's true. I couldn't believe it. I mean, we knew Borders was in trouble, but I didn't think it was actually going to happen. Can you can we blame ebooks? Harry McCracken says don't blame ebooks. Uh, I mean I've read a lot of articles in the journal this week and other financial institutions that say uh they sort of the writing was on the wall anyway by some decisions they were making, but I, I think ebooks had to have been a big part of it. What is Barnes and Nobles doing? Because they're a company that's doing the same thing. Yeah, they have the nook. I think Borders tried to come out with an e reader too. Do they do the Kobo, I believe? Yeah, the Kobo, yeah. a black and white sort of device. I think they tried to go color. The Nook is now color, and they've got a pretty good store. The color selling like hotcakes, too. Yeah. Some of it may have to do... You know, to be <laughs> honest with you, I go to Barnes & Nobles because of the coffee. <laughs> I trust Starbucks coffee more than Seattle's best coffee. I guess. I, I, I like never Barnes & Noble that more. Stuff. I just like the wooden Barnes & Noble, as dumb as that sounds. Like that dark cherry. I just. Well, did you go to a store closing? Because they were selling all that. Oh, man. If you wanted to buy one, you could have bought some wood. I assume they're all gone now. Oh, well, the one near us has been closed for... Yeah, I knew that one was gone in Bloomington, but I mean, I could maybe go up to Indy and hopefully find one. So I think the number was they're liquidating 399 more stores around the nation, and uh, they're selling off. I think somebody wanted to buy them, and then the creditor said, what, are you crazy? So, borders, see ya. I guess, yeah. I mean, I think Barnes & Noble also has the edge with the uh, college book market. I don't know what your thoughts are on that, but... I think that, more importantly, in that space, you're going to see a lot of great deals, like Amazon's deal. Yeah, I saw it. They recently have come out with that. You think that... So, if you haven't seen the news, the Kindle now allows you to rent textbooks using the same Kindle store that 
the Kindle already has. That's going to be a huge service. I have loved the fact that I can rent books with the Nook reader on the iPad, and I would frequently do that. I did that for a couple of my classes, and it was much more enjoyable. It was way easier to carry the iPad around. Of course, I had to sell that to make up money for my MacBook Air. Yeah, but the bottom line is, it is more comfortable to store, what's the commercial, 30,000 books in your pocket? Oh, yeah, definitely. That's definitely the way to go. I think that there is a certain je ne sais quoi, if you will, of having a book in front of you and the illustrations, though. Uh, I mean, to some people, yes. To, to I think, us new sort of tech enthusiasts, I, I personally don't care what my what my device looks like that I'm getting my information from. It's about the information that I'm receiving. Interesting. I mean, it's certainly the benefits are certainly there. So you've got cheaper books, quicker distribution, lighter weight. You don't have to buy them outright. You can rent them for a certain time. <clears throat> And um, if the newspaper market kicks off, you've got publications coming right to your device instantly. In fact, the iPad's taken advantage of that with Newsstand. Is oh, that yeah. a iOS 5 iOS thing? 5 edition, yeah. So we may see some great, you know, future sort of iterations in the space. And then we're talking the future of books and the death <laughs> of bookstores in general. I don't know if we can necessarily leap there yet because... There's something about the bookstore, you know, the bookstore for me, given that you've gone to a lot of other places and going outside's okay, but there's a nice, it's a destination. Oh, the yeah, bookstore I mean, is a destination to sit and have your cup of coffee, read the latest magazine and move on with your life. I mean, sometimes, and I'm not in, I'm not alone here, I know, because I've gone in Barnes & Noble and I've gone in Borders and I'll sit with my computer and my iPad and read in there, like with my computer and my iPad. I like going in there. It's just, there's a good feel about being in bookstores, I think. I think there's something different about being in a bookstore versus being in a library versus being in any other study location on campus or in general, wherever you may be. I think the bookstore model has still some life in it, but this is certainly a disturbing sort of uh, prelude for what's to come. I think it's disturbing. I don't find it welcoming. I still haven't jumped on the ebook like boat completely because there are some books that have such rich media in them, such great illustrations, things that you really pay for. It's like it's like the difference between digital movie distribution and going to the movies. There's something else about going to the movies and feeling the tangibleness of watching a movie on a big screen versus renting it and watching it on your iPad or whatever consumption device you may have. So it's it's kind of sad news to me. Yeah. So, well, time will tell. I guess so. How Borders... <clears throat> may come back maybe bought out maybe may change who knows i think they're pretty much done but what's barnes and noble's going to do that's a space to definitely watch so instead of failures let's talk about successes well apple's earnings my my goodness apple's earnings and microsoft's earnings came out today too yeah. both are kicking some butt you know i read that microsoft's earnings are only high because this is the quarter where a lot of enterprise deals come to close and also, a lot of that money standards. comes yeah. in. So the gap accounting standards that a lot of these companies have to follow, according to the SEC, they have to report earned revenues for that quarter. And this is the quarter where all of that unearned revenue that was previously put to the side because they can't report it has now come in, so, so it's allowed to be reported. Yeah. So Microsoft posts a 14.4 or something, some number in that area, billion-dollar quarter. And they're sitting on about 
a hundred billion dollars in total assets, I think was the number. I'm pretty sure it was right around a hundred billion. And then when you look at Apple, now Apple had a phenomenal quarter. Bar none beat out most estimates of even some of the most analytical people on Wall oh, Street. Oh yeah, I think it beat every one of the estimates I had seen. The, the the quote that there were a few quotes in the earnings call that I found most interesting. One was that iPod sales are down about fourteen percent, and the only competition to the iPod is the iPhone. There, it's actually cannibalizing the sales. Yeah, and you've got the iPad too that has something to do with that and digital distribution in general, and the lack of need for that second device. I think that second device is being phased out for the second device we have with our tablet and mobile PCs inherent in the iPad. I would, I would definitely agree with that. But now you've got also the fact that Microsoft's not doing too shabby. You know, they've got a decent amount of revenue back there. They're in a little bit, they're in a little bit more debt with Apple based on the balance sheets. But Apple, the second thing that I found interesting was 20 million iPhones were sold. Yeah, that was insane to me. Like, it, I mean, they've got the worldwide market, though. I mean, to keep in mind that these this company was trying desperately just to sell 3 million when the first launch came out. 1 million was a marker for them. I think that was like in 60 days. Yeah. And they sold 20 million in a quarter. It's insane, but I mean, they've done some really great things and innovations with carriers. To be honest with you, like they're they're pulling carriers from all over the world, and they're they're doing really well. Yeah, a lot of that has to do with the carrier relationships. I definitely agree. And there's only more carriers to be had, and there's only and more they, I think opportunities they that in the in the call. There's more opportunities too, especially in the enterprise space. Oh, absolutely. I mean, there's only they say eighty to ninety percent are adopting an iOS device. Yeah, in Fortune the, five hundred companies. Fortune five hundred, but that's just Fortune five hundred. Yeah. You still got hundreds of thousands of companies who could definitely take advantage of this, and if they keep creating a superior product, there's no reason to slow down. Oh, and I think Rim should be sort of shaking at the knees, so to speak, when you see 90% of the Fortune 500 companies are adopting some form of an iOS. Rim trial. and the rest of the companies. I mean, the other big news that oh, happened yeah. was that Apple just surpassed the world smartphone market, you know, numbers to be the number one retailer in the Taking world. Taking over Nokia. And Nokia, Nokia is huge. I mean, giant. The world. In yeah. the world, Nokia is the dominant sort of force but in not, the smartphone not, space. Not right now. Apple has traditionally had the United States space for some time, but in the world, that's a giant leap. That's something that it ought to have a lot of people shaking in their boots. Do you think this one one of the things I was thinking about this was the iPhone hasn't changed really. It hasn't changed in a year and typically they refresh it every nine months. Is there a point to refresh it in September? I mean, it's doing so well, and they finally are meeting demand with the iPad and probably the phone. Yeah. I mean, people want new devices. I think that enough rumors are starting to hit the mainstream. Like, you'll, you'll go to the front page of Yahoo.com, or you'll hear on XYZ local TV station, oh, Apple's going to release something new. Because, I mean, that's just the way things trickle down. They'll, they'll just keep it fresh, I think. It certainly keeps things exciting. It's always good to have new products in the pipeline, but... Why bother when you have the best smartphone in the industry and you've survived Antennagate and you've survived your supply chain problems and now you're finally at you know, a comfortable point. You're just selling I'd, 20 million devices with this so-called broken phone. Right. I just I don't see the point of making a move and I wouldn't be surprised at all if they didn't come out with a new iPhone until January. 
I think they'll coast on this iPhone. If they do come out with a new iPhone, it'll be internal, just like the MacBook Airs, only internal changes, nothing external. I, I would, I definitely think they're going to have some kind of an iPhone 4S type of thing. The rumors they keep going around. I think anyone who's sort of been following tech blogs will, will see. That there's been a lot of movement, so so to speak, in like carrier and supply chains, things like that. But it's only because of that's a predictable pattern, right? That's right. only what yeah. you would expect from a company that pumps out these kind of numbers. By the way, it's hard. To oh yeah, produce. to keep yeah keep production when you have the the arguably the only tablet worth buying in many circles and in many circumstances it is very hard to come and meet that demand so unsurprisingly you know i i think that that's why there hasn't been an iphone update the ipad 2 update has been incremental at best nothing too fancy just enough to say that it has cameras now and it's thinner and the obvious iterations we got verizon i think that was a big move for apple that they probably helped them out a little bit Mm-hmm. So what you got pulled up? Oh, I was just gonna look. I, 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 a research firm claims iPad only has sixty-one percent of the tablet market. I, I just can't imagine that to actually be true. I now, what did the tablet mar- What's the tablet market include? Um, it, it's including all like Windows tablets, things like that. So I could maybe buy it, but it just seems so. Those numbers are for units shipped, not units sold. That's what John Gruber points out via the lovely website Daring Fireball. So. And I don't believe them either. I, I find it hard to believe that the tablet that everyone talks about, that I see everywhere, I don't see any other tablet anywhere. I mean, I'm just not. to the point I think we talked about on last show where it's not even being called tablet anymore. It's iPad. It's sort of the, the name for tablets right now. Like a Kleenex. Yeah. Or a Coke. Exactly. Yeah. You know what, though? I really actually quite enjoy the touchpad. I think it looks like a really nice... I, I piece wanna, of work. I want to be able to play with it a little bit more. I especially when I look at the OS work that they've done with the flipping and the expose sort of features. It's definitely a smarter way of looking at the tablet. It's definitely better than the carousel you've got on the bottom of that. Whenever you swipe up on that iPad, it's much more intuitive. But there's a marketing problem that HP has. There's a first mover advantage that apple has there's a production advantage that apple has they're making their own chips they're the only thing really that they're getting is the screen everything else is assembled and built by them yeah i think there's something to be said for that and i i think we should look into that a little bit more the fact that processors are being made by them everything's sort of done in-house i i think that it was interesting that we saw a report that intel's struggling a little bit to with chip making and things of that nature right i i mean intel's struggling and the big reason is because they are not you know penetrating the tablet space they've got great desktop processors i mean they're having the greatest deals with apple there is no company that's having the same core i5 sandy bridge that thin that small oh yeah i mean i think maybe ibm's finally coming out with an iteration i think samsung is too but these deals these sort of things that ibm is doing that intel is doing excuse me why wouldn't they do that in the mobile space especially as we see more and more businesses realizing how important mobile is so a great example is arm now arm a lot of people think is the acquirable company today if you could acquire arm you control a lot of the mobile space right the only other company that makes chips for mobile or could is AMD, and they're busy, you know, doing their own thing with Windows. I think they're trying to do Windows processors and some of their later Windows 8 PCs, 
because they can take advantage of some of the memory threading that they can do. But there was an interesting report today about AMD though that profits were down. They're losing they're, money too. They're losing money, but they're selling more processors than they've ever sold before. Right, but the the essential problem is you know you have to cut corners when it comes to marketing. You have to cut corners when it comes to you know what what processes you're making and you have to decrease the price as much as you can to match the competition and the value chain that Intel has. Right. I mean this is the one of the key sort of exciting things to watch for the next 5 years is the fact that laptops and Moore's law is basically broken at this point. Laptops are getting smaller and quicker than we can possibly imagine at a rate that is just unfathomable. Right. To the point where Consumers don't even need it. Like, you bought this MacBook Air, and we were talking about how fast it is compared to, to the MacBook Pro that I have. Yeah. But, I mean, this MacBook Pro is more than I probably need right now. The MacBook Pros, I think they're great if you buy the higher end, but with the way that the MacBook Air is really converging in that space, the only thing that I could see worthwhile is the fact that flash memory is too expensive. It's still right. very expensive to get 128 gigs. I mean, imagine... The Air that I bought was $1,200. Their low-end model in the Airs is 11 inches. That's not that's, that's not, not going to cut enough. it. Yeah. That's not big enough. That, the, I think they apparently have the same resolution as some of the older 13-inch they, models. They're higher than the 13-inch model. But of the resolution size is one thing. That means I could fit more things on a space, but I would rather have the bigger space and the same resolution because you know there it, it gets a little crowded. You know It seems right. a little too crowded. But well, that 13-inch Air, I'm impressed by its resolution, and I think it's just I. That's that's why I'm sort of enticed by it. It's just the right size. What's more impressing is the Thunderbolt port, which if companies start taking advantage of this port, six displays off of one Thunderbolt. It's, it's port, crazy. I, I saw that. If you can pull that kind of stuff off, then you definitely have a very good production machine inherent in the MacBook Air. Right. I mean, and if if storage starts to take off, I've I love my FireWire 800 port. I have a you still use that thing. I, I still use it. It's it's so fast on transfer. But if Thunderbolt takes off, I mean, Thunderbolt's going to blow FireWire 800 out of the water. But these things take off and they take time. That's why I say that five to ten years probably, flash memory will become so affordable that A, none of the MacBooks will have hard disk memory anymore. I th yeah, I think that's a fairly and, accurate thing. And most of them will be the same price, if not cheaper. They The one thing that... Apple is missing is sort of a middle ground between their ultimate Mac Pro and these MacBook Pros and MacBook Airs because they're starting to collide. It's called the X-Mac from what I understand. This sort of X-Mac, this theoretical device that should be sitting in the middle is something that consumers haven't been able to get. Imagine a device that, like Alienware makes an example of what the X-Mac would be, this computer gaming machine in a portable. Or... The iMac is something that's really high-end and super powerful, and that could be the X-Mac, but it's not as portable as right. a MacBook Pro. So there's some there's a space there that Apple could fill on either side of the iMac. So you've got either a better, more useful, like powerful iMac, but that's shaped like a MacBook Pro, or, or a Mac Pro, sorry, or you've got on the other side of the iMac something more powerful than the MacBook Pros even but sits right there in the middle right? and is still as portable or perhaps looks like an iMac or something on, along these lines. I think the Mac Mini is trying to enter that space now with I, their latest features. They're pretty features. beefed up. I saw some geek benchmarks that, uh, some benchmarks that had come out, and 
it it's looking like it's a much more impressive machine than we've ever seen out of the Mac Mini. But they took out the optical drive. I saw that. That that just seems like a crazy move to me. Crazy to you, but don't you think it's inevitable? I mean, you've got the Mac App Store, which is their number one distribution source. More people are contributing to the Mac App Store than, you know, because they know that the iOS right. Store worked. They know that the iPhone App Store worked perfectly, so why wouldn't a Mac App Store work? And in fact, that's it's not uncommon to the computing world. That's how Linux does all of their stuff. They have a universal repository. You can connect to it, they and pull things, you yeah. pull whatever you want, and it's instant install. And upgrades are controlled by that repository. It's the same thing. It's a page from Linux. They are taking things that work and making it seem like it, it should have been there all along. And it's an iteration that makes sense. Now, there are some iterations that they're trying to leap with with this multi-touch trackpad and the reverse scrolling and Heron and Lion. You've probably read all the reviews now, especially Syracuse's epic one that I sort of broke down. But... There's a lot of features in here that they're saying, you know what, now we know. We've come out with the best tablet, the best phone, so we're going to dictate the future. Right. And the future is no optical drives. You have flash memory storage. Thunderbolt is going to be the future of transfer. Right. USB 3.0 might be something built into the future, but USB 2.0 is still so ubiquitous in every sort of device and is still... The universal inheritance name that it may take a longer time. I, I think it'll be a few more years before we see it. I think Steve Jobs had a really good quote, which was, we've made certain bets in how hardware is going to be, and we've so far been correct. So there, so examples of these bets would be the color display. Right, the, flo- the removal of the floppy drive. And then now, and then more recently in everyone's heads, the removal of Flash pre-installed. They're, right, they're cool. saying yes, in the new airs. They're saying you, and not just in the new airs. All, all, all their new, new, computers all new computers. That's right. Don't have pre- flash pre-installed. Now you can put it on. There's yeah. no problem with that. I heard that Adobe's having some they're problems. Having a lot of problems with Lion. I've so seen. I wouldn't. But the point is, they make these bets, and these bets seem to be paying off. So the bets that you can see in the MacBook Airs are these sort of partition drives for instant recovery, Bluetooth 4.0. Um, the backlit keyboards are still there, Thunderbolt ports, these sort of small, and then the removal of the drives, the optical drives, these sort of small changes, you know, ultimately give this message. And the message is, I think Syracuse put this one best, is that we need to start judging what the Mac platform looks like from what they take away, not what they add. Because the, what, what they add is obvious. The evolutions of hardware, the the sort of predictable, faster, thinner, smaller, lighter. Right, I mean, the standard, yeah. But what are they taking away? What are they really trying to jolt you into believing? The reverse scrolling? I mean, they, they you can still turn that on and off. Yeah, but, I mean, it's essentially changing the way you compute. Right. Mission control. Changing the way you think about it. Launchpad. Ultimately changing the way you think about a file system. So, I think this will be a huge space to watch in the next five or ten years. In these sort of philosophical computing right. ideas. I just that that Mac Mini. I the more we talked about it now, I, I understand why they did it. It just to a, in a desktop, it seems so so strange to me. I mean, I've considered my MacBook Pro before I waffled on this idea of buying a MacBook Air, removing my optical drive anyway to stick flash storage in there. Well, so if you think about the Mac Mini, though, it's typically been seen as sort of a home media sort of streaming computer 
that's a bit more powerful than an Apple TV. Right. So that's why I think it makes sense that they just removed it because you can stream everything to it. It's bring your own keyboard and mouse, so you probably will use wireless keyboard and mouse, and then you'll have a display, and that's all you really need to connect. Beyond that, it's just maybe you have some storage, but you can use Ethernet, which is faster and more reliable and uh, consumes less you know, material. <laughs> I mean, that's another thing to keep in mind, that these things cost money. It costs 15 cents to make a DVD. It costs nothing to put it to on, put it on the Mac yeah, App Store, as we saw with the release of Lion, where if, if they put you, it on USB, it, well, and they put it on USB for only some people if you really want it, and it costs right. like sixty dollars. That's for what the I meant. USB. It's double, like so. We're right. seeing distribution, how expensive it is, and the way and the distribution is funny because they don't really need to double it by any means. The fact of the matter is, they're making a great bottom line with their Lion distribution. If you buy the numbers, that apparently they sold a million copies today. It's crazy to me. You sell a million that. copies today at thirty dollars. You made a cool thirty million in one day. And you're not getting your thirty percent taken off by Apple because you are. You Apple. are Apple. So what's the need of jacking up the price in the USB disc? It's it's true, but I mean, I mean, think about why how much not forty? They're going to make on those USB discs. Yeah, but why not forty? Why not fifty? What I is mean, that? They already made the software DRM free, and if you know anything about computers, you can pull that software off and make your own USB disc. It's true. Sixty nine bucks. It's, uh, but I mean, it's the same thing with the argument with the iPads. I mean, I read somewhere that the uh, wireless chips, the wi- uh, the chips for 3G are like $15, but I paid a premium of $130 to get my 3G. Right. Which grades, gives great resale value, by the way, if you ever want to sell your iPad. Yeah, I heard you did really well. Did pretty good on that one, too. Yeah. I'm pretty excited. Do we have anything else? Oh, I, I think we're good. I mean, you would. Excited about your air, I'm assuming. I'm super excited. Hopefully by next show you'll you'll have it. I hopefully will, and then I'll give you guys some sort of perspectives on it. I think philosophically in my head I can already see myself agreeing with it way more than when I was using the iPad. I just found it clunky as a as a production device. So hopefully with the thin and useful sort of I'm I can I can take the extra twenty grams from the previous i MacBook Air. I think I can handle that weight change. But I'm very excited, and I'm it's, excited to show it to you and let you guys know how I think about it. So that was weekly download number five. I hope you enjoyed the show. We are on iTunes, and hopefully you've subscribed, and that's how you listen to this episode. And if you did, please rate it and comment us and let us know what you think. Twitter at Weekly D and on Facebook. This show is potentially sponsored by you. If you'd like to sponsor our show, Visit weeklydownload.com and click on the sponsorships link. A sponsorship includes a mention of your company and your product, and we'll syndicate you on the link list via RSS and on the website. Thanks, and we'll see you next week. Thanks.